0: To Crafting Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I'm one of your hosts. Every Wednesday and Friday we bring you interviews with female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is Becky Blanco of Becky with a Good Repair on Instagram. I have only been following Becky for A small amount of time, really, like given the grand scheme of how long I've been on Instagram, small amount of time, she's fairly new to the community, Um, but let me tell you, (laughs) she makes me laugh and uh, she's got some sweet dance moves, I will say she can rival mine. And um, yeah, I really just wanted to reach out with her. I saw her really getting engaged with the community. So I wanted to reach out to her and give her an opportunity to share her story so all of us can get to know her better. Uh, Before we hop into the interview with Becky, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette at 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spees, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom, Bonnie, Tool Mom Store.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Brandy, Studio, Obey, Lee, The Rainbow Carver, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you also very much for... Uh, Being supporters of the podcast, continuing to provide support and helping to make two podcast episodes a week, every week. It is truly appreciated. If you would like to get your name added to this list, you certainly can. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting revolution. And no matter what tier level you pick, your name will get added to this list and you will be thanked at the top of the episode every episode every week because that's how important all of the patrons are to getting this um podcast produced so let's head on into the interview with becky blanco of becky with the good repair becky i feel like i've known you forever but really i have not known you forever so i'm but i'm gonna start with i asked my guests to introduce themselves so do that for me.
1: (laughs) All right. My name is Becky at Becky with the Good Repair. I feel like my name has always been a song. Like when I was growing up, it was oh my God, look Becky, look at her butt, right? And then like (laughs) Becky with the Good. It was always some sort of explicit song. So I felt like I needed to lean into that. So um but I am Becky uh I have this like Instagram page where I just kind of like live my life and make things which is pretty cool. Um, and that's where I know you from and it's funny how we feel like we know these people on the internet and they're like they're our buddies and the reality is like we only see them through this Instagram filter which is like not their whole life um but yeah I'm super stoked to just get to like hang
0: and let's chat it up that's right okay so here's the broad question that I always start with okay what is the story of Becky from baby Becky to <laughs> what you do now, like where'd you grow up? Like, oh man,
1: this is like a six-hour podcast, right? This is a this is a marathon 48-hour. Um, the story of Becky, oh man. Um, all right, well, Miami, born and raised, both my parents are Cuban immigrants. So um, that's like a big part of my story is just my like Hispanic culture and growing up with a Cuban amazing food my parents own a Cuban restaurant so that just food and that uh, Cuban culture was just like a huge part of my life. Um, Grew up in a really conservative Christian home. As an openly queer woman, um, my wife and I have been married about a year now. Um, this was a, a really tricky transition for uh, me to navigate and then for my parents to um, kind of brace themselves for impact. Uh, this was definitely a little bit of an Armageddon for them, um, but they're they're figuring it out. They're figuring it out. I think they're uh, trying at the end of the day to show me love whatever way that uh, makes sense for them. Um, but I grew up in Miami. Um man did sports on my life whatever I, I went to small school so whatever sport they let me play I did it. I just wanted I basically just wanted the boys to pick me on their team it didn't, it didn't happen but I just I just wanted to be like better than some of the you know what I mean yes um so yeah I played volleyball in college and uh oh man, that's where I figured out that I was super gay for sure <laughs> in college.
0: It wasn't an indicator before that. Like.
1: <laughs> so, I just, so I also grew up like Christian, right? And like right. my faith was a huge part of my life. And the reality is I grew up with these like blinders and I didn't, I think the idea of like a gay Christian like wasn't a thing. Like it just, it didn't make any sense to me. I didn't know there was an option for me. I think like, you know how people say like, I would have never like, I didn't choose this. I would have never wished to be gay. Like that's like a mantra for like a lot of people. But I think like for me, honestly, it was like the opposite. Like I wished that I was allowed to be gay. Like I wished that was an option for me. But for me, I knew that that meant like pushing against everything that I I held true. Uh, So I had to suck it up and do you know that was that was my battle to that was my cross to bear yes (laughs) which is so sad right i say that like laughing but it's like just so sad i wish i i wish i just had an awesome queer woodworker in my life as a kid right like that would have been dope if i would have at least known that person i probably
0: did have one but i just didn't know right um i was gonna say i grew up like super conservative christian too i grew up lutheran and like not the like we love you even though you're gay lutheran the like the, as conservative as conservative as you yeah. can get
1: lutheran yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. yeah mine was like i knew from a young age but it was like oh no 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 like mine was the years spent trying to pray the gay away so hmm. i like yeah i feel <laughs> the whole like dichotomy of like because you can't right it's like what yeah like christian and gay like they just can't go together
1: <laughs> yeah. super I bizarre yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah and we can like go into that i remember being in like sixth grade um okay so i must have been maybe like eight years old and i remember um seeing my mom like help my sister get ready for the prom right so they're like doing the hair and stuff and i'm just kind of walking in the room like chilling and then i'm like ugh, like why do i have to be a girl like this is like so boring like this is what it is and my mom being like, Becky, like, it's okay. Like, you get to be a girl, you get to wear makeup and you get to like, let a boy open the door for you. And I remember being like, Bleh, like, yeah. being <laughs> girl sucks. Um, and then having, as I've grown up, having to like, redefine what it means for me to be a woman. Yeah. Like this standard that society says of what a woman is, that um, I can, you know, just throw up a big, like, fuck you to that and say like, I'm going to actually, I'm going to actually redefine what feminine means. And I'm going to be hella feminine because I'm a woman and this is what feminine means to me. Uh, And it means like being a boss with power tools and it means being creative and problem solving. Like all those things like are very much me. It's not me trying to be a boy. It's not me trying to be a man. It's me 100% leaning into what I believe to be exactly how God created little Becky to be, Um, which has been a really cool journey as an adult to finally realize um, this is who I am and this isn't something that's like supposed to hold me back. This is my sexuality, my identity, the things that make me a weird girl, right? A weird, yeah. weird, weird kid growing up, are actually the things that just make uh, me beautiful. Like they're the things that make me me and the things that I end up loving most about myself. So as I've like matured um, as an adult, I came out to my parents at 30 years old. I came out to my family and my church and my whole world was turned upside down, um, which was a bizarre thing to have to do at 30. I felt like I was going through puberty. Like it was this really mm-hmm. moment of like, oh, this is who I am. Uh, I wasn't ready as a kid, right? I wasn't ready. Even in college, it was like, what is happening? Um, <laughs> But yeah, about 30 came out, uh, met my wife, which was pretty great. We dated and uh, we married a year now, which life is so good, Katie. Like, I don't even know what to say. Just life is so good. Uh, it's really sweet right now, even in a crazy world right now. Um, yeah. us personally, life is really sweet. So we're um, enjoying, even though it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy like two years, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I started creating out loud living out loud just doing everything publicly um and that's kind of rocked my world so that kind of inspired me to do the things that i've been doing for a long time like building and like whatever it was to do that on the internet for anyone and everybody who wants to know to talk to me about uh which has been (laughs) wild uh but it's been a blast it's been super fun so yeah
0: Yeah. i mean like so how long I'll start with the first question being like, how long have you had Becky with the Good Repair like on Instagram? Like how long has that been a thing?
1: Yeah, uh, June, I believe. I Okay,
0: okay. So, what,
1: yeah. Like five months, yeah, not too long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember we bought our house in April um, and uh, my wife took a trip to Turkey for a few weeks. And while she was gone, I remember being like, I'm gonna buy a miter saw and I'm gonna- <laughs> she will never know <laughs> and, and genuinely having this moment of like i'm holding a chainsaw there's nobody home nobody knows i'm using this like maybe this isn't the best life choice ever so like putting down the chainsaw yeah. Yeah. You know, i'm going to rethink this and when she comes home we're going to have some good conversations about how i can safely uh do these projects um so that I'm not doing them in, in secret or yeah, when she's not yeah. around. So uh, yeah, that I think her being away caused me to be like, how how am I filling my time and what's bringing me joy yeah. and uh, and definitely just doing things myself. Um, I'm not the kind of person that I wanna take apart a part of clock and like figure out how it works. Like that's not, that's just not how I tick. And I know there's a lot of people that really like love to figure things out. I'm more like, I don't know, this I don't know like what's the what's a solution nobody's thought of before Mm -hmm. so i don't necessarily want to know how everybody else does it i don't necessarily want to know how it was intended to be used i want to know would it be more effective if the clock was i don't know you know what i mean like a different kind of way um i feel like those like problem solving solutions are much more the things that get me like excited about like DIY or like Mm -hmm. figuring out how to make things myself um so that's the kind of like DIY world I want to live in I'm still figuring it out Mm -hmm. pretty to the Instagram world in this like particular account
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah so I mean it sounds like but okay so you started about six months ago with with the Instagram but have you been like kind of DIY making for a while
1: so like power tools like not really I would say power tools maybe like a year and I want to say power tools is really where I've realized that like life is good here like in the mm-hmm. power tools, like this is where I want to be um but for a long time I would say I, I'm just I want to say I just tick differently mm-hmm. so I the way I see the world and the world's problems and wanting to fix them has been different. So I think I've been a creator or a problem solver, like always. Yeah. Um, I think I've always been a little bit odd that way, which is awesome. Like I, I love that about myself now, but I think in college, I remember getting a sewing machine my first time, uh, maybe like a sophomore in college and that year, like making uh, gifts for all my roommates. Um, I remember like reupholstering a chair in like mid, mid, my mid twenties. Cause it was this like really old, disgusting recliner that I thought, just needs some different fabric right <laughs> so like hammering in the middle of the night so like everything I did was always um on like the like low budget like hammer like thumbtacks and we're yep. gonna make this work <laughs> and now having the resources and having the right tools and realizing like oh I can actually do things at a caliber of what I would buy at a store or what I would pay somebody else to do like oh, let's make, let's make shit happen. Like, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and like really repair this window and not just like duct tape it. You know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. actually learn how the pros do it and how do I make it happen as well. So that's been like super fun. And I think that's been like the journey of like the Becky with the group repair. For her.
0: Yeah. Did you come to Instagram? Do you feel like you came to Instagram to share more or to like immerse in like this maker community and like learn from it?
1: no okay so I started this account it's so funny so I had done these like I I had gone a little crazy for like two weeks when my wife was out of town in Turkey (laughs) and then decided to share my personal account like what I had done and been like I don't know if anybody cares but if you all care I'm gonna share just click through these stories if you're not interested. So I did that. And people were like, um, where's your HGTV show? Like, what, what's going on? Why are you holding out on us? People didn't realize like what I could do and you know mm-hmm. that I, this wasn't what I did for a living. Um, and so I think that kind of put in my head like, oh, like it might be a little strange to share this in a personal account. Like maybe I started a, my own account, thought of a cool name and was like, to we're just gonna do this. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um so started the account really to just like live out loud right share what i've what brings me joy and hoping that it brings other people joy like that was the premise Mm -hmm. of not to like do much more than that i remember at the very beginning i followed one person and it was an account that i had followed in my personal account I thought this maker was this awesome woman that like killed it and what she did. And I thought, like, I'm gonna follow this person. That person happened to go to this big conference called Haven. Mm -hmm. Haven conference. That person shared like 20 other people. They're all talking about networking and getting to know other makers. And I remember thinking, like, I think I'm doing this wrong. (laughs) Like, why am I not following anybody? So for like the first like month of my account, I had it followed anybody, it was just, it was all very me centered, which is cool. But it was very just me like awkwardly figuring out like what even is this account. I remember early on being like, do I have to tell them I'm gay? Like that, I gotta tell them, right? Like at some point. And now I would say my account's so queer, like centered because it's centered around me, right? Like it's such an obvious um like sex positive, queer positive space that it's it's to me like bizarre that I even had the question of like (laughs) Is this going to be weird to tell people that I'm gay? Or, you know what I mean? And I think that's me. Those are my growing pains, right? Yep. Of like, figuring out um, as an adult queer, of like what you're constantly putting <laughs> out to <this> right. somebody. <laughs> um, so, yeah, at the beginning, I, I didn't follow anybody. It definitely wasn't about the community. And now it's the meat and potatoes. Now it's like, oh, like, these are like dope ass humans that are like doing really cool things. Primarily women. I follow like two guys. They're all right. But primarily (laughs) women that are just like bosses in their field. And it's not very few of them. This is their professional full-time job for most of them. This is something that they get to release and get to process their life through these power tools. And it's just super cool to see people, turn their houses upside down, it's awesome. So I, I learned a ton from the community that I've uh, been able to like be a part
0: of. So it's been cool. Hey makers, so today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by Alicia Van Osdall, who is the owner of Basil Blue Design Company. Alicia is a maker of all things really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at Alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com. Dot com and fun fact uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for crafting revolution so that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for so be sure to look up Alicia again at her website basilblue.com all right let's get back into the action yeah I would say like I think you went through your growing paints much quicker than I did. I feel like my first like year Oh yeah. That I've been, that I was on Instagram because so the reality is like, so the, my Freeman furnishings is almost five years old. It will be five years old in January. So um, I started maybe like a month or two, like after that I got like an Instagram, but before that I didn't even have a personal Instagram mm. because so I'm five years older than you that, which seems like we talk about this in the queer community, like <sighs> micro generations that happen <laughs> in, especially when you start about talking about when social media like came on the scene. So right when I like left college, Facebook was just a thing. Like yeah. just happening. <laughs> it was yeah, that,
1: that was my freshman year. My freshman yes. year of college was like <laughs> the iPhone and Facebook, or like, yes. you know, all these things right. that it was like, what is happening? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Brace for impact. this is a big deal yeah
0: so I had Facebook because that's like you know I'd post pictures of my kids and that's like how I kept tabs on like family and stuff like that but I didn't have an Instagram and I have I have two younger sisters that are twins they're 23 now so they would have been 18 when I started my business and they were like you have to get Instagram Katie and I was like I why? Like yeah. I'm like why? I don't understand it. Like <laughs> I got pictures on got... Facebook. So, exactly. Uh... It's like, <laughs> why do I need to do this? And they're like, you just have to. I was like, fine. So like, I mean, for like at least the first six months, I was posting with no hashtags, and I wasn't like. I think I might have been following like like you said like one other like woodworker other like I wasn't going out and following people actually I think I was like following whoever recommended because they were Facebook friends like you know what I mean like I didn't I had no knowledge of it and it took a while to be like oh and so I because I think going into it like I was going into it as a business and so I was like well I should only be sharing out right I'm like trying to get people to see my shit to buy my shit like that's why i'm here (laughs) that is all the reason i'm here yeah and now i mean you can scroll all the way back to the beginning and see like yes i'm posting more like finished you know product photos now i hardly ever post a finished product photo in fact that's like the most common complaint i'll get is like you share all (laughs) the progress process but you never show what it looks like when it's done what are you making yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's
0: awesome but it morphed over time into like yeah finding like the community and like really going okay like diving into that to now where it's like now I have those questions of like huh if I want to sell product can I even do that from this account anymore because this account's become more about the community of makers versus what I'm actually making to sell yeah. like it doesn't make much sense to me but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's cool like get letting people get to see
1: like the human that is behind the business like I think it's really easy to get caught up in the like perfect picture on Instagram yeah. and I think just living in stories right living in the like this is what's going on today and this is the fail that I'm gonna fix and yeah. <laughs> this is more problem solving and it's great <laughs> how's it going for you all okay all right you know yeah. just kind of letting people in on that journey with you I think it's I think sometimes, or at least early on, I thought like, well, I have to be the like expert in the field and I have to be the one where people come to me for like questions. Um, and the reality is that like, at least for me, like this isn't, I don't have the business. Right. So I'm not selling anything Mm -hmm. particularly. So that's exhausting and kind of inauthentic because I'm figuring it out. So who am I? (laughs) If I'm going to be the expert in the field, I'm always going to be out Expertised, you know what I mean like I'm gonna be out uh, witted by others in the field but I can be me better than anybody else right I can I can be 100% me so yeah I think the idea of like the process videos being kind of where we live is a fun <laughs> thing.
0: yeah eventually I'll show like a finished product you know <laughs> if it ever happens yeah, if it ever happens, yeah. <laughs> um and then the the queer bit I mean I'm like I'm proud that you kind of dove in quickly like I waited a few years before I like came out on Instagram um I won't say I was ever like inauthentic but I I played the pronoun game and I like walked you know the thin line and like because I was so worried especially Mm -hmm. in the woodworking world like it being predominantly like male and (laughs) cishet male. Um, I'm going to say there was like, there wasn't fear there of like losing followers because in the grand scheme of it, it's like, I don't really care how many followers I have. It was like legit fear of like, huh, when I like see this person in real life, Is there going to be some kind of like confrontation about this? Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say like, I mean, I had some negative like feedback, I guess you would say when I came out, like the very, very first time. Um, And then, you know, uh, the following like year that I went to WorkbenchCon, I wouldn't say it was like a negative interaction, but there were some cishet men who had to talk about it with me, like kind of more of a line of thought of like, well, why why do you need to share your business with us? Mm -hmm. And kind of being like, because there's other queer people out there who need to know that there's queer people in this space. (laughs) Like, Ah. this actually isn't about you. It's about... (laughs) And the people who don't identify as you <laughs> yeah,
1: the visibility portion, yeah, it's like yeah. huge. I think oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a hard conversation to understand when you're not on the inside, right? As an outsider looking in, somebody who maybe isn't exposed to a lot of queer people in their life. Um, I try to like empathize, but the reality is like it shouldn't be my job, right? To like right. You know what I mean? Like, I think because there's this stigma of feeling closeted, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the reaction, at least for me, has been like, "I'm just gonna unapologetically live my life, and mm-hmm. if that offends or if that um, it's uncomfortable, it's better that you know that now. Yeah, um, <laughs> better that you. If it's not for you, then this just isn't the account for you, and right. you can just keep on moving. Um, I would imagine that like your shoes of having to like redefine or like figure out like, how do I like seamlessly transition this? That yeah, that would have been a shitty conversation with people have that, That's like, I unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate that like, I don't know that people feel like they need to have that conversation with you of like, why? Like it's your account and you can do whatever you want. And like, maybe you mean why? Like, you don't have to do it. You don't right. have to you, know, you it. Like, you know what I mean? Like do whatever you want. Right. So why try to narrate what I'm doing in my account? Yeah. I know, I know that for me, uh, since I've been out, every time I am uh, doing a video, my wife like comes in the background or something like that, it, it spurs conversations. It spurs conversations in like in the DMs, people will reach out to me and say, you know, really kind things sometimes, sometimes kind of passive aggressive things. But for the most part, <laughs> Pe- the people that are there for me are uh, are for me, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited, and I'll get a lot of comments that like, "Oh, I my nephew is queer," or right. my you know stuff like that. And sometimes people will be like, "My sister doesn't approve," and I'm trying to be a good aunt. What do I do? You know, and and those kind of conversations is like, mm-hmm. okay, let's let's get after it. Like, let's have that <laughs> conversation. Do I have the perfect answer? Like, no. But that to me is like a really beautiful pocket of like. Mm-hmm being a queer in any field is you get to like be a part of the conversation for people that don't know who to talk to because they don't maybe have anybody in their community but they know this stranger on the internet that is queer and might want to talk to them so I'm like this I'm like this non-threatening person because I'm probably never going to see them in real
0: life so, so you're the to, you're the lesbian aunt is what you're telling uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm auntie for yeah 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 you get to I get to just you know what I mean like
1: coddle the straights a little bit and be like, all right, let's, let's, this is how you can be an ally. You know what I mean? Like this is how you can step up to the plate and uh be there for a young queer person. I think that's, I think that's also for me, like the people that I interact with, the people that I share, the people that I go on live with, like for me, those people have to be affirming. Like it just like it's a no-brainer. Like, um, and there's people that I wanted to um to like invite into the community and like do a collaborate with somehow and realize like our values don't really line up and like if I put somebody at the like on a square on my page that is um that a queer might see me and be like oh cool oh, Becky's vetted that person Ooh, let's check them out and then realize later on uh wait that person's actually gonna like mm-hmm. look at a way or maybe make it's just it's not uh I just can't yep. do it yeah um it is what it is. That's just yes. like, that. that's, that's the line that I've had to draw, which is hard. Cause you don't want to like, at least for me, I don't want to be that person. That's like, well, if you're not for me, then get off my page. But the reality is like, get off my page. Like I, I can't. But
0: I, I, I mean, and I've said this in other podcast episodes, we have a right to create a safe space for ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Have that. Right. So I'm kind of done apologizing. <laughs> and, um, Because, I mean, like, my reality, my lived reality and your lived reality is very different from a cishet white male. Like, it just is. (laughs) Like, they can't even comprehend. I mean, I remember being, like, in real life going to a class. Like, I was going to a class for my profession and I'm in a class, this room and like just having conversation over lunch. Right. And like, I was, I like, they knew that I am queer in this room and like having a conversation about like when my wife and I moved back to Iowa from California, like we specifically were like, had the conversation that, well, we're going to live in the Iowa city area because it has the largest Queer population in the state, and we want our kids to be able to go to school where there's potential for them not to be the only kids to have same sex parents. Like that being a thought process, and this woman just being like, oh my, like that's something you have to think about. Like I've never even had to like have that conversation. Or like when, you know, I talk about my wife and I having kids, and then the question you know, comes up, okay, well, did you adopt, or, or, you know, did you give birth, gave birth, did you both give birth, or just you, I did, okay, did you do a donor, did you know them, like, I'm, like, did I, do I come to your heterosexual, like, space, and be, like, what position were you in, this child, (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so we were we were shopping for our wedding rings. Uh, we had been we were engaged, and we were like, okay, we're getting the wedding bands. We went to the shop, yeah, and the lady was like, oh, congratulations! Oh, and like super, like oh, yeah, you guys are great. And then be like, have you thought about kids? Like, would you adopt? Would you whatever? And me being honestly feeling like, do you ask your heterosexual couples that are looking for a wedding band? Right. This isn't. Babies are us. This isn't no. like a <laughs> wedding band. What position they're gonna use? Are they gonna use in vitro? Are they planning to adopt? Are they? It's none of your fucking business. And <laughs> why in your mind? Just because in your mind it's like, I wonder how they have sex. I wonder That's how right. they're thinking. How could how could they fit into my norm? Because they have to want kids. Because they have to like be right. thinking. eat sperm. Obviously, they're incomplete. Right. So how are they gonna? Like, your mind goes in a weird place and you don't realize it, right? They're just trying to maybe start conversation or something. Um, but yeah, unfortunate, unfortunate that that feels like such a, to me, that's one of those taboos. That's like, yeah, stop asking queer people how they're going to have kids. Just stop. It's none of your business. None of your business.
0: I know. Or it goes even, you know, it usually goes further because it like, well, we used a donor. Oh, did you use the same donor for both kids? Yes, they are full siblings. <laughs> Just the whole like, you know, conversation, Um, though I will say those conversations has taught me a lot in just like how I have conversations with other women, um, specifically around kids, Like if I meet women, you know, who are like older than myself and, you know, straight women who are older than myself and like have no kids, I never like interject like, oh, you didn't try or Mm -hmm. you just maybe couldn't have any or like, because who knows, maybe they just didn't want them. (laughs) absolutely you know all of these things or maybe they wanted them so bad and tried for a really long time and couldn't have them and as somebody who dealt with infertility issues it's like Mm. I also understand how painful that is to revisit when somebody like like you said is probably just trying to start a conversation but totally like steps right into your trauma like steps like right into it (laughs)
1: society has these like it's these like stepping stones for a woman right so you're supposed to be this like young like feminine girly girl Mm -hmm. figure out your life eventually you get upgraded to like a boyfriend or you get eventually upgraded to wife right that's like the next like oh you got married right and then you get upgraded to the like epitome of what it means to be a woman which is mother right like the woman evolved at her highest form is mother Mm. and the idea that like as a queer person I disrupt that in a lot of different ways yes and how like a straight person has to like reboot and say like what's so what's your evolution like (laughs) a lot of kids right or like what how do you even how do you kids how do you do that (laughs) you know and the idea that like I don't know that that's how it has to work at all. I don't know that I want kids, uh, (laughs) but maybe we'll check in in a couple of years and see what happens. But the idea that like woman equals feminine equals motherhood um, is a, or equals incomplete until she finds her husband. And you know what I mean? Like it's just a really strange, um, I don't know, evolution of womanhood that is so ingrained in our society and so unfortunate. Because so many women don't fit that mold and shouldn't have to. Right, right. Um, So, yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, to that point, I was thinking of that, actually, when you said about, like, you're defining femininity, like, for yourself, like, what that looks like for yourself. And I was thinking about that. And actually, it was like, my brain touched on the whole, like, troubles with, like, infertility and stuff. Because I remember, like, because of the queer journey, and not having those, like, internalized homophobia is a thing so not having the like (laughs) stepping stones that everybody else had I remember feeling like I'm not quite a woman you know like even though I'm like married and all of this stuff and so it's like okay we're gonna have kids and then feeling like well fuck I can't even do this right like I can't even do this one female thing right like I can't get pregnant like it was a whole like it totally messed with my head that whole journey um and so like I guess I want to pivot and be like okay how does to you because you also talked about like power tools like how does that how do you feel like that defines femininity for you
1: I remember the first time I, I had gotten a circular salt I think that was my first like real power tool right I had a drill but I think circular salt So my first time being like I'm going to get something really dangerous and it's going to (laughs) be awesome and I got this thing I like unbox it and I literally am like I'm I'm gonna plug it in I'm just like sitting on the floor like with the like styrofoam all over me whatever just trying and I remember just like just like turning it on and being like am I aroused right now like is this is this a boner is this is this like what what is happening right now like (laughs) just feeling so powerful like that like turned on in the sense of like I am just feeling so, I don't even understand, like alive, I I wasn't even cutting anything. It just was literally just the sound, almost like the revving of a car engine. It just was this really like, I can't believe I'm holding so much power that I wield, that I don't, this, I am able to cut through a house. You know what I mean? Like I am able to destroy or build as I choose because now I have the tools. And that being this like really cool moment for me to realize I am powerful, like beyond what I've ever given myself credit for. Um, So it's definitely like caused me to lean into that, like for sure lean the fuck into that idea of like, I am powerful and capable and with the right tools, like, unstoppable right mm-hmm. it's a really really cool way for me as an adult woman to look at myself where the pr- first 30 years of my life I felt very limited and very stunted and very unable to ever fully get what I really truly desire because it just wasn't an option right mm-hmm. so yeah power tools is like a huge turning point for me like in this weird like philosophical way for sure
0: <laughs> I think I think like that thing you're trying to explain is why And since I know you're like, you're on the up and up when it comes to Instagram, I'm sure you know the sound, like the, it's like a woman and it's always like, I'm feeling like testosterone, like, I want to go to war, but, but there's something like, I love it, but there's also something that really bugs me about it every time I see it. And it's because I think you're hitting on it. It's still like equating this like power tools and, you know, (laughs) sense of agency to being manly. And I'm like, but that's not me. Like, I don't feel
1: manly. Now I know what it means to be a man, or now, right. which is what yes. I did too, right? When I said, "Like, is this a boner? Like, is it yeah. like this must be what it yeah. feels like to just feel like totally alive?" Because in our like our society has told us yeah. that that's what it is to be a man, to be powerful. So there's no way that you know what I mean. Like, yeah it's yeah, it's super interesting to kind of think back and be like, huh, <laughs> why <laughs> why do I equate, equate that with me? like I'm a lesbian? Yes. Like, come on, Becky, like what, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> it's really interesting yeah like yeah
0: I mean that's I mean that you know that yeah that sound is silly right and it's been around for a while and I totally get the gist of it but it's just like I really do find a hard time because um, I was listening to uh, I'm definitely a big podcast listener so but I hardly ever listen to maker podcast anymore um <laughs> listen to philosophical ones uh all the woo-woo ones um so listening to glenn and doyle and her and abby were talking about i they went to some retreat and um esther perel was there who if nobody is aware of who esther perel is she's like a, a therapist a couples therapist a sex therapist she's like a goddess um and her voice to listen to was just like oh. <laughs> but she was there and she asked this question to like all the people who were at this whatever they were at of what do you like what do you do that turns you on and not necessarily in the sense of like You know, what are you doing sexually to yourself to turn yourself on? But what do you do that turns you on? So when you said that, like, am I like, it's like, yeah, like, when I get like, when I get in my gear to go in the shop, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm feeling badass at this moment. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: absolutely. I I completely understand (laughs) It's a power trip. It's a power trip in in the best way possible, in the best way.
0: Yeah. So I think, uh, I would think that most of the women are, you know, women identifying makers that we chat with in this space, like, probably feel very similar in that way. How do you think we start flipping the script, though, from like, we're badass because we're taking power that's normally manly to we're badass because we're claiming like our femininity in this space
1: Mm. man
0: that's good stuff (laughs) i have
1: no freaking idea man i have no idea I want to give some great answer about. what-
0: it! I, I was hoping you had the I, answer back. Come on, stick
1: with me. It's it's right on the tip of my tongue. Um, <laughs> I think it's for me. It's yeah. the idea that being feminine can look just like my name. You know what I mean? Like can yeah. look just like my fingerprint, and can be very unique to me. And how that's like such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And how like the more I come alive, the more I like realize what turns me on, realize what makes me feel alive is like me leaning into like who I am and like Mm -hmm. the things that like make me tick and how all those things are like feminine. They are like woman at their core because they are me at my core. Mm -hmm. So, yeesh, I don't know, but... I love the conversation. I love the like thinking (laughs) behind it for sure.
0: Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag would her on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, and also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout if you enter the code maker mom you will get a 20 percent discount off any of the merchandise that you buy so that's just toolmomstore.com. all right let's head back into the action well I want to fold into like I'm wondering so you didn't bring it up yet but I know that you still work in the church yeah <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Let that fall.
1: <laughs> uh, it was like, I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how I'm still working at a church. I don't know how I'm still a person of faith. I don't, I think honest, like for real, for real. Yeah, and like yeah. people that like are people of faith, like, do you, this isn't me at all trying to be like preachy and weird. Genuinely, like I... I don't know how like God hasn't given up on me yet. You know what I mean? I think that's like how I look at it. I just feel like for whatever reason, I still feel (laughs) this longing to connect with God. Um, And I have found a community, like a church Mm -hmm. group um, that loves me exactly the way I am and wants to celebrate that And wants me in a position of leadership at the church and wants me in a position where I get to look after little ones and make sure that like young, like queer children have a safe place and that all of our children feel like they are perfect and beautiful and wonderful, exactly how they are. So I'm again, leaning into that, right. Leaning into a place that like values me and for whatever reason it's this church. Um, So I'm in a really interesting spot right now. And I don't know how it's possible that I'm still a Christian after all these years. And after all this like religious trauma and like all this like bullshit that I've like been through. Um, but here we are.
0: I'll say good on you. (laughs) I think, I think too many, too many human beings have ruined, uh, have ruined church for me, unfortunately. Um, I am trying to connect stick with me here on this little fine thread that I'm trying to connect that I'm seeing, which is this belief of like, leaning into like, full femininity being you, because you are, you know, feminine and beautiful as you are, with that like, Christian upbringing. Because I think, right, at least as a kid, we're told like, were created in like God's image and therefore like we are perfect like they're and then they ruin that once you get past childhood but, um, <laughs> but that's what you're told as a kid so I'm wondering if there's some of that like overlapping for you where it's like you're really leaning in on the same thing it's really one in the same yeah oh yeah. yeah I think that like as I realize like who I am as I like
1: realize like who I was, like, who I was intended to be, like, mm-hmm. like God, God made me and was excited about what there being this, like, Becky in the world, and mm-hmm. was excited about, like, what I was going to become, and how now, at my happiest, at my most joyful in life, at my most at peace in life, God is, like, most proud of me, God is most, like, that a girl like yes <laughs> it like get them like yep show them show them like all the things I think I get to like reflect like God in a, in a weird mm-hmm. way I get to like be this like light in a way um there's probably like a million plot holes or like in that theology or in that yes. thing. but in my <laughs> mind in my mind I like to think that I was made with intention that I was made uh with design um mm-hmm. as I understand like my manual right as i understand like how i was intended that i get to work better i get to like live life more fully and live life more purposefully and like just with happiness honestly like just i'm not trying to say that like if you know god life is better or happier whatever but at least for me in this phase of my life right now i am more at peace with who i am than i've ever been And I have to equate that to me finally getting myself, finally understanding myself a little better and being okay with that. And not fighting myself, not trying to hold this like beach ball underwater of like who I'm supposed to be and like keeping that under control, but realizing like that was never intended to be underwater, right? That was Mm -hmm. never to be the life that I lived, um, at odds with my own self, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's what our 30s are for. (laughs) Are so good so. yeah yeah no I feel I mean I definitely feel like I grew a lot as like an adult in my 30s and you really could not pay me to go back to my 20s um like ever <laughs> 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 unless I could go back and be like out earlier than me yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah I'm a. Uh, I'm also realizing like you are kind of intentionally stepping into places that put you at odds in many communities. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is um, being, one, being gay and Christian puts you at odds in both the Christian and the gay community. (laughs) And then being Cuban-American female in the, like, DIY woodworking space which is making you know some more strides in the right direction uh at least maybe more gender equality strides but still there are not a lot of people uh, of color in that space you know or are not represented in that space I'm not gonna say people of color don't do that I'm just saying they're not represented so like you're putting yourself like in this huge intersection of all of these things (laughs) yeah how yeah. do you keep from like losing your mind of like standing that ground?
1: Floating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <including>, yes. <laughs> Reaching into a paper
1: bag. Yes. <laughs> I think I think a, a a core value for me is that I'm a disruptor. I think I, I love I love to go against the grain. And again, as I've, I come into my own, realizing that uh, part of like who I am is to be a disruptor, and that that's like a really fun thing. It obviously it's probably really annoying to people that I disrupt, but um, my wife is not on this podcast. So we're just going to say it's a great thing and it's wonderful and uh, it serves me well. Um, oh, I think it's a blast. I think, I think at least right now it gets to me, you know what I mean? Like in a couple of years I might say, well, these are the boundaries I've set in place and this is kind of how I've managed to make this a long-term thing. Again, I've only done this for five or six months. So like who am I to say that I've like cornered the market on like, being a healthy DIYer. That's at odds with everybody that they talk to. Um, Every community that I want to identify with is actually a little bit like, "Eh." (laughs) Um, but right now it gets to be fun. I get to like walk into the room and be like, oh, oh, I didn't know that about you. (laughs) Like, oh, that changes what I thought. You know, I get to be a little, I get to be the underdog in a a really cool way Um, and prove people wrong, which I think is also a blast. And I think, that's also like a really fun part about being a woman realizing like her power mm-hmm. is getting to like say like okay let me show you an underdog let me like yeah. show you <laughs> what i can do
0: so yeah i want to talk a bit about physical space yeah. have you entered any like physical making or woodworking spaces outside of your own yeah, no. So okay. I want to say
1: no, um, because this is something as far as power tools are related. I, uh, picked up during quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. I picked up in the past a little bit. Right. So I don't really have a social community outside of the internet that is like a, a yeah. maker space, which is pretty shitty. Cause it's like, I have all these cool people that I know that like are in different time zones. And right. Companies these are cool people and I want to hang out for Halloween what are we what are we gonna to go to a party or not like what's what's going on um and the idea that like that's those aren't you know they're not really here in Raleigh like yeah. they we don't get to hang um is totally a bummer um so I would love to one day go to WorkbenchCon I would love to one day you know get to like step foot in those physical spaces at the same time maybe I do get to like hide a little bit behind a screen and at a safe distance, be a disruptor, right? Mm -hmm. get to do it on my terms and in my way um, on my stories and do that in a really safe place, which I think there's some value to that as well. But um, yeah, I haven't really stepped into a lot of like communal spaces where everybody would like turn ahead. I wanna say like walking into like my hardware store uh, often (laughs) gets to be a very like male dominated, heteronormative space. Where uh, I get to ask questions and stuff. I think, unfortunately, I typically will play the damsel in distress in order to get the help that I need. Because <laughs> I'd rather do that than give them the like full story of like what's yeah. going. On. So I'm, I I will like use what society already assumes about me to like my advantage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah. Okay because I just wanted to, I guess, ask about um, maybe a theme that's been popping up, probably because I'm driving it subconsciously, but a theme that's been popping up on podcasts, which is just that safe space. Um, and the, I'm with you, like, behind a screen, right? It's like, I can control that interaction to a degree. Like if somebody starts being an ass, I can just block them. Um, (laughs) Like I don't have to like take it any further. Um, However, if they're sharing a physical space, um, for one, I'm less likely to uh, share anything that I would, that I see as like a vulnerability that would allow somebody, you know, to, to take power in that situation um and again i feel like you potentially are putting yourself or have put yourself in that in multiple arenas in your life like even just coming out five years ago to your church and everything like that like walking back into that space even if there's people there that love you is not easy I I physically moved across the country, right? So I
1: I grew up in Miami, and now I'm in Raleigh, and that that happened like right on the precipice of me coming out, dating this woman long distance, and realizing like we're just dating, and we might break up, and then like did I really risk everything for this person? That like the idea that I would have to like sloppily figure out what it meant to be an openly gay. Christian that like what you know like what yeah. what did this look like and the idea that I was doing that so close to so many people that knew me BC right mm-hmm. that knew me in the closet and realizing that like I needed to like figure my shit out on my own mm-hmm. uh, so I took a huge risk and moved to Raleigh which is where she was but I think that was a huge part of me finding a safe space where I could like rebuild my community and I know that maybe not everybody has that like luxury mm-hmm. that can just, like, up and move to a different city but i want to say like as far as like physically finding like my people and my space um i don't know that i ever would have been as like fully alive in mm-hmm. my life. um and i don't maybe there's a day i can go back but um yeah i think it just it always would have been this like self-doubt this yeah. wonder who i'm gonna run into at the store kind of place yep yeah i think for me now as far as like my safe places looks like me standing up for myself in new ways so maybe not necessarily like in a queer like maker kind of space but just even uh every single waiter i've ever had in my life not my life sorry every single waiter i've ever had once out has Mm -hmm. asked if we're one check or two yes it's every single waiter yep learning now to say um I don't need the reminder that I don't look like a couple like that I'm not married to my wife like I I don't I don't need that from you we're gonna let you know what we need that mm-hmm. that's not a question that you need to ask two guys two girls if it's a party of four girls they're gonna let you know how to se- separate the checks like yes. you don't have to ask yeah. and I thought if we were a man and woman in their 30s that that's a question you would have asked yeah so We don't, uh, me figuring out how to voice, um, what I need and what I expect even from strangers is really tricky waters to navigate, but that's part of me continuing to create like a safe place that I know when I go out, I know that I have like the tools necessary to be able to speak speak well for my family, speak well for myself, let my wife advocate for herself as well. Like these are all like really important things that we're like learning to navigate, um, I would imagine in the maker world <laughs> that I'm gonna run into that as well. Uh, I haven't had the chance to do that a whole lot, but yeah, I, I, as a queer person, you're constantly coming out to yes. the yep. waiters or the people at Home Depot or
0: whatever. And if you have kids, it's even worse. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for one, you can't hide it. Like you can't even hide it out of safety concerns when you have kids, right? They call us mommy and mama. There's like, there's no, there's no hiding that. Um, and, you know, we've dealt with issues in front of them, but that's, that's the way of the world. Um, I would say like conference wise, like workbench con. Oh, I'm sure everybody will give you a hug. You'll be fine. Uh. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm thinking more of like, and I guess I don't know and where you're at, like where you're at though. I will say have you hooked up with uh, Mary Lou made by Mary Lou like she lives in Raleigh like you guys should. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys should totally yes <laughs>
1: she's made by
0: Mary Lou okay <laughs> yes um but like at least in my area of the country like a wood shop is still predominantly going to be male still predominant like all white male I don't think I've ever seen somebody who's not white um, and all heterosexual and all like 60 plus. So, <laughs> like, that's what I'm seeing if I'm walking into a wood shop, right? And so it's like, I have to mentally prepare myself walking into that space. I have to actually make myself more masculine walking into that space. Like, I can't lean into the femininity, I have to make myself, I have to make it read across my forehead, fuck off. I don't want you, I don't need you, I don't need anything from you, like, I don't need you to show me how to use a tool, I don't need you to, like, ask me what I'm making, I don't need you to do any of that. Um like, and I think the people at, like, the local, like, hardware stores have finally got that message. All of them leave me alone. Uh, you know, like, it's like, yes, no, if I need you, I will find you. Like, don't need it. Um, and that's to be said, like, probably to the average person, like, who would hear that would say, like, that's sounding like a raging, like, bitch, like, just somebody who's, like, you know, not open to whatever, but it's not, it's out of like actual concern for physical safety. Mm. That's not like being hysterical. That's like, you know, legit concern out of, for physical safety in spaces. And I think, go ahead, go ahead. I I think being able to like voice or communicate, however that is, to
1: be able to communicate what you need walking into a space I think shouldn't be seen as you being unrealistic or hysterical or like a bitch or anything like that like it's unfortunate that that's seen that way but yeah I think you should absolutely be able to have a big fuck off sign like but that to be very clear for you to be able to send those signals in a way that is understandable to the like men that are in that space yeah like oh I better be weary. Like good. Yes. 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 You should be. You know what I mean? Like that's yes. (laughs) It's like the question of like, why do motorcycles like have such like rev, like such loud engines? And it's are they just being jerks and they're so rude with their loud engines? And it's mostly so other cars know that they're there and they don't get hit and they don't die. Right. (laughs) Right. They want they want the cars because they because they could get hit very easily. Yeah so they put these giant extra pipes to make sure they're super loud so everybody knows that they're loud and they don't get hit this is our equivalent this is like our version of hey i'm here everybody okay all right (laughs) with the live people everybody play cool because that's right Yeah. (laughs)
0: yeah um and on that note, <laughs> we're like at the end of our time together, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, thank, And I want to give you another chance to let people know how they can find you and follow along with you.
1: Yeah, no, it's been a blast for sure. Uh, chatting it up and just kind of <laughs> getting to talk through all the things. But yeah, <laughs> my name is Becky. I'm at Becky with the good repair on Instagram. That's what you can find me. Awesome. And thanks again for chatting with me today. Absolutely. Anytime.
0: Okay. Again, that was Becky Blanco with Becky with a good repair on Instagram. I'll include the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes for today's episode. The places that you can find those is first, check the description box of the episode on your podcast app that you're listening to me on right now. Then if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, you can check the description down below. And lastly, you can head on over to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast and find today's episode as well as all the past episodes. Um, including all the way back to the very beginning when it started as maker Mop, so you can head on over there and find all the links and all the good stuff there please remember to follow along with the podcast over on instagram at crafting a revolution Um, and if you like today's episode which there's no pressure to like today's episode. But if you like today's episode, uh, please make sure to subscribe, like, and follow so you get notified when there are new episodes. And if you're feeling extra generous, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, leave a five-star review. That really helps us out. Um, I will, quick announcement to let you guys know that... The last new episode is going to be Wednesday, December 22nd, and then there will be no new episodes for the rest of um, 2021, and we'll be back with brand new episodes January 5th, Wednesday, January 5th. So just to let you know, there's going to be a little bit of a break in there for holidays and kids being home and all that good stuff. Uh, When I am not interviewing amazing people like Becky and uh, producing podcast episodes, you can make me, you can make me, you can find me designing and making furniture and hope decor and power carving and dancing in my shop at freemanfurnishings.com and at freeman furnishings across all of the social media platforms especially instagram and tiktok where i'm the most active so come on over at freeman furnishings say hey and uh, i'm always happy to see uh, people who listen to the podcast there all right so halfway through the week i hope you're having a fantastic week so far and as always let's go craft a revolution they got something they want to say Solution for the toxic masculinity.
1: pollution Is the constant evolution of-